0: Hello, this is Rhea Robinson, and welcome back to the Embodied Yoga Sutras. We've made it to the final day. One word that you have heard throughout this week is steady or steadiness. The first day, I introduced the concept of shtiti, a sustained, calm, and steady state of mind. Several of the practices covered in the Yoga Sutras are designed to help us cultivate this quality. The entry point for most yoga practitioners today, asana practice, is a perfect place to begin developing this skill. Despite the brevity of the teachings on asana, Patanjali does describe the practice mastery of the practice and the reward of such mastery. Sutras 2.46 through 2.48 give a clear understanding of the role of asana and how it relates to the ultimate intent for realizing the state of yoga. Shtira Sukham Asanam is a sutra that most yoga practitioners know. It means the postures should have both steadiness and ease. Sukham means ease, contentment. It can also be translated as good space. Shtida is stable or steadiness. This is the directive for how to practice asana. And the result of practicing this will also create more ease and steadiness. From the view of the yoga tradition, asana is not a means for accomplishing anything other than the understanding of these two qualities of ease and steadiness. This takes out the performative aspect of asana that is prevalent today. Yoga is not about forcing your body into a pose for the sake of doing it, or mastering it. We'll go back to some of Vyasa's commentary because he gives us clues about how to apply this particular teaching. I've got four points around his guidance. The first one is to focus on the breath, a one-to-one ratio, sama and focusing on postures that help you breathe better. In practice, well, let me say this, on paper, <laughs> that might seem like an easy ask. And in certain postures, cultivating a one-to-one breath ratio is pretty attainable. But other postures, particularly ones where we're kind of at the edge of our capacity, either our flexibility or our stamina or endurance, cultivating and maintaining a one-to-one breath ratio adds extra challenge. Two, practice learning to get still in the poses. My teacher, Yoga Rupa Rod Stryker, has constantly said that involuntary movement in postures has more to do with the mind than the body. I love to practice and teach yin yoga And of course, it's a perfect tradition to begin to play with stillness. But this skill is available whether you hold a posture for five breaths or five minutes. Three, cultivate the witness, the objectivity of the mind. In other words, experience yourself experiencing things but resting in the observer. Experiencing yourself in a pose. Experiencing yourself cultivating that breath. And the last one, practice fewer postures in general. When applied consistently, this approach establishes a safe harbor for the mind and a deep sense of tranquility. It slowly teaches you to internalize attention and sets the stage for those practices of non-attachment and surrender. Moving on to Sutra 2.47, Patanjali writes that the means of perfecting the posture is that of relaxing or loosening effort and allowing attention to merge with the infinite. He builds on what was established in 2.46 and now adds that we master asana by loosening effort and meditating on the infinite. When you are practicing, Begin to notice where the greatest amount of resistance or sensation is. Sometimes that's an actual physical location, and sometimes the most resistance is in the mind. So where can you begin to soften? The result of practicing asana in the way Patanjali describes it is the promise in 2.48 that the pairs of opposites will cease to have impact. The ultimate achievement of asana practice is that we are no longer affected by fluctuating circumstances, life's constant swing from good to bad, success to failure, light to dark. The result is stability in the midst of change, calm in the midst of chaos, stillness in the midst of uncertainty. So what does an advanced yogi look like? Non-reactive, the ability to withstand fluctuation, the ability to remain calm is how you might measure success in this practice, not necessarily by being able to perform a huge range of asanas. Patanjali has made clear here that the most meaningful sign of progress in your asana practice is that you are more stable, less distracted, more at ease, And consistently aware of the higher meaning and purpose of your life now as with the sutras on asana Patanjali takes the topic of pranayama and breaks it down into a definition a methodology and the culmination of mastery But pranayama shows up in the first chapter before the eight limbs are even defined and expanded on. Sutra 1.34 says, another way to purify the mind and regain your focus is to practice breathing exercises that emphasize exhalation and breath retention. In fact, it's rather simple to begin to apply this sutra to your daily life. You could practice it right now by applying those two principles presented. Take a deep breath in. Take a deep breath out. As you continue to breathe, pay extra attention to the length of your exhalation. Make sure to follow your exhale to its full completion. Imagine that you are emptying out your lungs with each round. Once you feel comfortable, fully emptying on the exhale, begin to notice the natural pause at the end of the exhale before the inhale begins. without forcing anything or adding any tension to your muscles. Simply notice and allow for the pauses to become longer. Maybe just a second. And as always, notice how you feel. Okay, let your breath readjust. Picking back up after the Sutra about the mastery of asana. Now 2.49 says, established in asana, pranayama is regulating the flow of the inhalation and exhalation. 2.50 builds on that. Now Patanjali writes that observing the exhalation, inhalation, and the pauses in between them from the three perspectives, we can refine both the length and the subtlety of the whole breath. The three perspectives here are our attention, varying the lengths of the parts of the breath, and the number of repetitions. The aim here is to gain awareness on and practice control of the breath. Working with the breath is about regulation as a means to find more freedom. Patanjali uses the Sanskrit word suksma here. Suksma means subtle. This is a directive to quiet the breath, reducing the tendency from kind of a Darth Vader type Ujjayi which could be heard across a large room, which is often quite stimulating to the mind, to a quieter softer, almost more internal practice of the same technique, which has a more calming, grounding effect on the mind. And now, just as he did with the asana sutras, Patanjali shares the results of mastery of these techniques. In sutras 2.51 and 2.52, Patanjali writes that the normal processes of the breath are transcended or transformed. And from this new type of breathing, we gain spaciousness, clarity, and increased sensitivity. The idea presented here is that as we master breath regulation, we'll eventually experience a new sensation that is so subtle it can't be described by words. The progression towards this subtle experience is helpful if you're looking for signs on your journey that you're moving in the right direction. But don't get confused. Enlightenment isn't the most practical goal. Know that it's enough to practice breathing, to bring about feelings of stability, peace, and calm. It's the experience of stability, peace, calm, and clarity that often help us feel the most free from obstacles, pain, and the discomfort that we experience in our daily lives. Finally, in 2.53, Patanjali writes that when the mind that now (laughs) the mind is ready for Dharanja, the first step in meditation, which is concentration. Desikachar often described prana as the friend of Purusha. From the classical yoga perspective, pranayama is the essential practice because we begin to control and direct the subtle energies of the body and turn inwards. This concludes the Embodied Yoga Sutra Course. I hope that you have found our days helpful if only to further your interest in these incredible teachings. Consider what you can do to nurture your deepest connection to your true nature. What will nourish your mind and cultivate stability? Finally, I would like to give thanks to my teachers specifically yoga rupa rod eric schiffman and ann palmer um, and also the support of kim torrens and union studio for giving this course a platform thank you so much for joining me